This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Alex Pearson in for John Oakley. And uh, Justin Trudeau laying out his vision for his upcoming mandate. And it was uh, pretty heavy on climate change, which he mentioned seven times. Less clear on how he's going to bring unity to this country. Or, of course, if he can get energy to market or how he's going to handle anything with NAFTA, etc. Interesting that uh, now he's got to deal with Donald Trump threatening more trade action on NATO partners. For more on this and uh, get an interesting perspective, Conrad Black is joining us. Of course, you can uh, read his latest in the National Post, which he has just written about the impeachment of Donald Trump. Good to have you. Thanks, Alex. We'll talk about your uh, article in just a couple of minutes. I just wanted to get your thoughts, though, on um, the throne speech laid out uh, yesterday, if, uh, if it struck the right tone or if you don't have any hope in it at all. Well, look, I have to admit that I haven't had a chance to look at it in, in much detail. Um, I've been traveling. I, uh, I, what, what bothers me is this uh, policy preoccupation with global warming. Mm. I mean, it isn't a real issue, uh, climate change. I mean, we don't, you know, I, I've, I've written about this, and, and I, I know there's a, quite a variety of opinion on it. And I, I don't I don't want to be thought of someone just sitting here like an ostrich pretending that I'm not interested. If what we were saying was that um, we would make an all-out effort to eliminate conventional sources of environmental pollution, mm-hmm. uh, un, you know, uncompletely treated sewage or, or uh, industrial smoke or something, I would be 100% in favor of that, a real enthusiast. But uh, there were in the throne speech more of these... Um, as are vague comments about how we must all uh, make sacrifices and and put our shoulders. These are my words, not. I mean, at least they spared us this in the speech. But cliches like uh, put our shoulders to the, uh, you know, to, to to the wheel and our noses to the grindstone and so forth to to uh, fight and compensate for the uh, impact of of climate change well we you know the fact is we have no idea uh, to the extent the climate is changing if it is changing outside normal cyclic fluctuations we don't know what the causes are we don't know if it is changing if that is in fact a bad thing or not and uh we just can't say to a province like alberta uh, we're going to shut your industry, your main industry, and the chief source of export revenue for this country down because we're concerned the climate's changing. And uh, now I admit he, that's not exactly what the throne speech said. I, I will admit that. But it seemed to me that we have not moved from this fetishistic preoccupation with something that that we don't actually know if it's happening and if it is what we can do about it or whether it is indeed bad or not. And um, and therefore, I thought, to, you know, to get to your question, the throne speech didn't really address the main issues. There mm-hmm. were some uh, cliches in there whose sincerity I don't question about national unity and so forth and then doing everything we can to... Um, you know, address uh, matters of, of, of concern to everyone in the country. But, uh, you know, meanwhile, uh, investment, foreign investment coming into Canada has withered by 80 percent 
in the last five years, and the extent to which Canadians are investing outside Canada has tripled, and the implications of this are terribly serious. Now, I didn't see any reference to anything like that, did you? I did not. I, I saw the reference that we are instricably bound to the same space-time continuum on a board, the same planetary spaceship. That's the only thing I remember of this own speech, but yeah. that was by the Governor-General. Uh, but again, yeah, she didn't write the speech, though. She wrote that line, though. She apparently inserted that for her own. But, you know, we have these job numbers that came out today. They're devastating job numbers. And then you look stateside, 226,000 jobs created, their economies on fire. Mr. Trump weighing in on that right away. He noticed that Canada's economy is not doing very well. Maybe it will be when, sadly, people lose the shirts off their back if the economy does sour, that they'll wake up and realize climate change is not the biggest impact on their lives right now. As President Trump said, to uh, the Prince of Wales when a couple of months ago they met uh, and and, uh, the Prince took the President to task about climate change. Uh, Trump said, yes, it's called weather. And and I, I would not be in such a hurry to dismiss that view. And I've written many times, and so have Others commented on this, but it is a historic provable fact that it is extremely dangerous economically for Canada to have significantly higher rates of personal and corporate income tax in every bracket than the United States. It always leads to a drain of money and talent to that country. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, you don't have to like Trump. You don't have to like the United States. You don't have to have any particular opinions on anything. You just have to wish that Canada, you know, do well. The the generalization of prosperity continues and accelerates, and, and that this country's interests be defended. And beyond that, all you need is a grade three knowledge of arithmetic to realize it can't go on like this. Right, indeed. Uh, meanwhile, I wanted to get your thoughts, because you do know Mr. Trump, about NATO. I mean, the NATO meetings, I don't think, went well. Um, certainly, Mr. Trudeau got the headlines with that uh, party um, a stunt that happened. How serious do you think uh, Mr. Trump is when he says, you know, Canada will probably have uh, another bad week and maybe I'll use my you know, trade actions uh, to make the NATO con- com- countries that are not living up to their obligation? What do you make of that? How serious he would be about that? I don't think it's a big preoccupation with him right now, and he is not at all um, hostile to Canada as a country, quite the reverse. He likes Canada. He used to, as a young man, he used to come here and ski, for example, and, 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 he, and he, always, he always liked Canada, and Americans tend to think Canadians are just like them, and, but they mean it in a flattering way, not, mm. not, a, not a condescending way. And... Um, uh, so I, I, there's no problem at that level. But, uh, look, I accept that Trump is a strange cat, and not everybody, uh, you know, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I don't think it's smart for Justin to make snide remarks about any other leader he's dealing with uh, when there's an open mic around. I, I mean, you know, what's in it for him? What, what it was, you know, I, I accept that he probably was not aware that he was being heard uh, other than to the people right around him. But uh, you know, that's not what you go to these conferences for. Uh, and, and, and you know, you know we don't need it. Um, he does not, and this country does not need the personal animosity of the president of the United States, any president. And, uh, you know, it, it was a, a bad thing for Canada when President Kennedy didn't like John Diefenbaker. And, and it wasn't a good thing 
for Canada when President Nixon and President Reagan didn't like Justin Trudeau's father either. Uh, I mean, you try and get on with the people that are important to you, whether you like them or not. Indeed. Um, just quickly before I let you go, because you've written about um, the impeachment hearings. Certainly the Democrats seem to think that they've got Trump just where they want him, but uh, you do not. I don't think they really believe that. I think they know that there is no chance that it's going to be successful in terms of chasing them out of office. But they're gambling that the controversy taking place will um, uh, cause him a lot of public relations damage as we get into an election year in the United States. I, I think the reverse. I think it's going to backfire and be a disaster. I think when you actually try and prove that Trump did something so uh, grievous and so uh, such a terrible affront to the Constitution that he should be considered as candidate for removal from office, which is something that has never happened in the United States. Um, uh, when uh, you know if when you see that in fact he didn't really he didn't ask at any time that that Biden be politically damaged by the, by Ukraine. All he wanted was the facts. He did say he thought that it looked pretty fishy, it looked horrible, was his word, uh, that that uh, Biden was boasting about getting rid of a prosecutor in Ukraine and his son was getting almost $100,000 a month for um, giving advice in an industry he knew nothing about at the time that his father was the vice president. But he said, we want the facts. And, and I would have thought everybody in the United States wanted the facts, especially the Democrats, if they're thinking of nominating this guy for president. They want to know if he was in, influence peddling or not. So all Trump was saying was, we want the facts. And the, there is no argument that uh, it was a direct attempt at intimidation or bribery, because Ukraine got the aid that Congress had voted for it, and the investigation Trump wanted hasn't happened. So how are you going to convict him of that? And and in any case, the president of the United States, under the Constitution and the practice of over 200 years, can conduct foreign policy any way he wants, as long as he's attempting to serve the interests of his country. I mean, the whole thing is just nonsense. Uh, and the media, because they are so hostile to Trump, have whipped it up a bit. But they haven't got public opinion moving. They're losing ground in public opinion now. And when it goes to the Senate... The Republicans have made it clear they're going to subpoena the Democratic leaders in the Congress who cooked this up. They're going to subpoena the so-called whistleblower. Everybody knows what his name is. They're going to subpoena Biden himself. They're going to subpoena his son. Uh, and, and, and they're going to take this case and tear it to shreds. And I don't think the Democrats are going to enjoy it when it's over. That we agree on, but it's a fascinating time. Mr. Black, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Alex, and please call me Conrad. Okay. Now that you've said that, I'll do it. Okay. My mother always said, you know, call them by the last name. Thanks, Conrad. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right. Conrad Black joining us, and uh, he's got an article in the National Post on the impeachment. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 